G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Controversy over Christian schools is back in the headlines, more specifically around the idea of whether it is reasonable for Christian schools to employ staff who share the Christian beliefs of the school. Now, You may have seen some articles just recently in the Age newspaper or the Sydney Morning Herald claiming teachers in Christian schools have been sacked for being gay. Christian Schools Australia sought a right of reply after the newspaper published an opinion piece. Mark Spencer is Director of Public Policy at Christian Schools Australia. Mark's joining us. Hi, Mark. Welcome along to 2020. Wonderful to be with you again, Neil. Mark, I wonder if you can give us a little update on how this controversy began. Well, it started off in a fairly non-controversial manner. Uh, actually, it, it started off with a, with a teacher uh, talking to the Christian school where they worked, and uh, in, in her words, she told them that uh, she'd changed her mind about a point of religious doctrine, which you know you would think is, is fairly non-controversial and uh, understandable. That's probably an appropriate time to, to part ways if you can't sort that out. Uh, the trouble was, of course, that this particular doctrine was around sexuality, and and we know that's a that's a hot button issue in our, our current society. So what we've ended up with is is a, a media campaign that uh, across the east coast of Australia that Quality Australia have been running, and um, uh, this teacher and and uh, the school being in, in the news. So it's a, a hot button topic, as you say, and there's a media narrative that's picked up on what some opponents of Christian schools, talking about LGBT groups, have picked up on and they're running with. But you're saying it's not so controversial at all because the former teacher at this particular Christian school is in many ways to be commended because she did the right thing. Absolutely, and that's what we've said in, in our uh, opinion piece. No, she did exactly the right thing. She's changed her view on this on this issue. She knew very well that uh, it was an issue of concern for the school. It was an issue where the school had very clear views uh, on this uh, particular point of doctrine, one that uh, they've made very clear to, to her and other staff. And uh, she went to them knowing that, uh, and saying again, in her own words, she may lose her job over this because she's changed her views and, and changed her opinion around this. So all along, uh, this teacher, a female teacher, was uh, in her contract required to inform the school if she was going to change her mind about a point of religious doctrine. And when she came to a point around issues of sexuality, this is exactly what she did. She organised a meeting and went and said, this is my opinion now. So isn't that a good thing that she's done? It's a great thing that she's done. And um, we think it's a great thing that she's done both for, for herself and her school. I mean, uh, our schools are never wanting people to, you know, if they don't agree with who we are, if they don't agree with uh, what the rest of the school community might believe, um, that's, a, that's obviously going to cause some tension for them to live in their environment. So it is best to be upfront, be honest about that. 
the school didn't try to change her mind or uh, they obviously told her uh, what they believed and, and why and explained and, and had a pastoral conversation around that. But at the end of the day, they, they weren't forcing her to change her beliefs. It was best that she part ways and, and go somewhere else. And that's what's happened. She's teaching somewhere else. I imagine the controversy is over how she's parted ways, whether she felt like that was uh, the necessary thing to do or whether that was something that she voluntarily undertook because she knew that that's the contract she signed. Yeah, and uh, again, I think in in her article she talks about uh, uh, she she did it because she thought it was the right thing to do to talk to them and have that conversation. Um, and she's talked in, in media interviews about trying to change the school's view on these things. And, and that's obviously her, her prerogative to try to, to get the school to change. But at the end of the day, they, they weren't prepared to. Um, and the question is always going to be there, isn't it, Mark? Is it reasonable for Christian schools to employ staff who share their beliefs? And of course, you believe that it actually is. Absolutely, and it's fundamental to, to what we and other Christian schools are. And if we can't be Christian schools, we can't hold to our beliefs, we're, we're really no longer Christian schools. We might as well close down, everyone can go to a public school down the road where there's a, a smallest board of beliefs on, on offer. Um, but we're, not, we're established. Uh, we had people who uh, put a lot of time and effort and energy and money and res- their own resources um, into establishing these schools over the years. We've got other staff who have come together who share the beliefs of the school, who who want to make sure that they can model those beliefs and pass those beliefs on to the next generation, to the young people in their school. And parents who are flocking to our schools because that's what they want. They want those values and beliefs uh, taught to, to their young, uh, young children. Um, so... Uh, that's what we are, that's what we're about. And we're very upfront and very open about that. And so for Christian schools to provide an authentic Christian education, you might expect that the school would have a policy uh, that would employ staff who hold the same beliefs of the school. But this is coming under increasing attack from the opponents and typically from the LGBTQI lobby because they're trying in some sense here to uh, to embarrass the schools and trying to ensure that people who have LGBTQ beliefs actually become teachers in Christian schools. Is that the way the campaign is looking? That's most certainly the way the campaign is looking. You've got uh, groups like Equality Australia who, who are very cashed up uh, after the um, same-sex marriage campaign um, who are now looking at what's next on their agenda and, and one of the next is uh, enforcing and imposing their doctrines on Christian schools. So uh, utilising people uh, like uh, like this teacher and others who who you know, try to impose their view of Christian doctrine and what the school should believe on that school, um, regardless of what other people in the, in the actual school community may believe, their view of what Christian doctrine should be is the view that they want to force upon these Christian schools. Enforcing views, this is part of the emphasis that comes when there are critics, but the school didn't try to force that particular teacher to change her beliefs or to live with the tension of teaching and acting in the way that was consistent with her beliefs. So the opportunity came to discuss these things and she decided to move on. Is that the way it worked? 
Um, I think that uh, the school uh, ended up saying that it was appropriate for her to move on in the circumstances because she wasn't prepared to or wasn't able to hold it to their, their beliefs anymore. And she has, and she's moved on to to now be teaching another school where they share um, beliefs that, that she holds. And she's talking about being being quite happy and content in that, in that new role. Um, so, obviously, it was challenging in the, in the process between the two, but... Um, yeah. That happens all the time. And no doubt in Christian schools, perhaps all around Australia, there could be some square pegs in round holes in that sense of some people who don't fit. And uh, what would your advice be, Mark, for people who maybe they're in a school and they feel like they don't fit, uh, whether they wait to be sacked or whether they move on voluntarily? Well, I mean, our position has always been to do exactly what this teacher did, have a conversation with the, with the school leadership. Now, there are some issues where, where you can uh, find an accommodation, find a way forward. There are others where it won't work out uh, and there'll need to be a separation. But certainly in every school I've talked to, they're, they're trying to make that, uh, you know, do that as well as possible, as sensitively as possible and as caringly as possible. It may be that you have to move on, but uh, uh, that's probably going to be in the long run best for you. I mean, I can imagine it would be very challenging for a uh, teacher or anyone in, in a school or elsewhere to be to be working in a role where they really are fundamentally opposed to what that organisation is about. Um, you know, I, I'm sure some of our, our, uh, our friends in, in, in the Greens wouldn't necessarily employ people from the, the Liberal Party, or, uh, and that's perfectly legal and understandable. Uh, equally, in some of the LGBTI activist groups probably wouldn't want to employ me. And I probably wouldn't want to be working there. And that's okay. You know, towards the end of this year, as the time goes on, there is anticipation that the government is going to finally release its religious discrimination bill that hopefully will resolve some of these issues. There's been a promise that's come from the Liberal National Government uh, following the same-sex vote uh, that happened just a few years ago to protect religious freedoms. This is one of those areas where there's an obvious discrepancy needs to be covered, isn't it, Mark? Well, certainly uh, what the school's done is, is very much perfectly allowable under the current law. Uh, there are provisions to, to allow that to, to happen, both under federal and uh, state and territory law in, in most jurisdictions. So in some ways, the Federal Religious Discrimination Bill won't change the, the law around this. But what it does provide is provides an opportunity where uh, you can increase understanding about uh, what religious freedom is, how important it is. We're talking about two fundamental human rights protected in, in international law, the right to religious freedom, the right to non-discrimination. Uh, they're, they're both equally important rights. And we need to find a way as a society to, to understand how we're going to balance those rights, how we're going to protect both of those rights, and live as a pluralist democracy where there are different views in a way that's civil, in a way that we can live at peace with one another as far as is possible but also respecting that diversity of views, tolerating people who we don't agree with and, and allowing them to, to hold those views. And well, the, that's where the, the, the bill will provide a framework for that. The Attorney-General is walking a tightrope and trying to balance the bill, trying to make everybody happy on every side, and uh, I think we all appreciate that's not going to happen easily. It might be easier if the opposition were also supporting the idea of religious freedom. Uh, what are your thoughts for the Labor opposition and where they might stand on all of these things? 
And look, I'd have to say that the ALP has, has moved a long way uh, in this area. Um, we had grave concerns uh, at the last federal election about, about their position and the, the, um, the, the tone and language they were using around this bill. Uh, since that time, if you look at their um, updated national platform, the ALP national platform that was agreed upon earlier this, this year, um, through sterling work by people like uh, Santa Deborah O'Neill, uh, and I have to acknowledge the, the work of Mark Dreyfus, the Shadow Attorney General. They've uh, actually encompassed in their uh, national platform uh, around the area of religious freedom the sort of protections that, that we are looking for, the sort of protections that are provided by international law. And that's the sort of benchmark we think uh, should be the, the, the benchmark for these protections. And they've committed to supporting those benchmarks in, in their national platform. So, look, we're still optimistic that uh, in a carefully and sensitively drafted uh, bill by the, by the government can garner bipartisan support and should be able to move fairly quickly through the parliament. And we'd certainly be hoping that the opposition would, would be supporting a bill of that sort of nature. Well, religious freedom is one of those very significant uh, areas of change that we might be monitoring very, very carefully as the government seeks to legislate religious freedom and how that will work, uh, balancing all of these rights. And uh, Christian Schools Australia, no doubt, uh, in some sense, you might find yourself as the meat in the sandwich here and uh, fighting all sorts of uh, issues on every side. And Mark Spencer, uh, thank you so much for the update today. Let me point people to how you can connect with Christian Schools Australia. There's a website, csa.edu.au, and there's also the website of Christian Schools Alliance, valuedvoices.org.au. That's valuedvoices.org.au. Mark Spencer, we'll talk again soon, but thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Pleasure as always, Neil. Thanks a lot. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.